Welcome to the Hyper Voice, episode 102. This is a show all about Pokemon's video game championship series. I'm your host, Stephen Morioka, and I am here with Alex Underhill. He's back, hey And Santino Tarquinio. Hey guys, how's it going? Wow, everyone, you heard that right. We have Alex back, and we have the Pokemon Players Cup 2020 champion with us. Uh, Santino, congratulations on your big win uh, this past month. Well, thank you very much, guys. It's And thanks, of course, for uh, having me on. It's really cool to be here. Yeah, congratulations. It was really cool seeing such an impressive run through both the... I guess, the, what was it, the qualifying stage and then the final stage? Yeah, the qualifier um, for each region and then the uh, finals with uh, everybody yeah. together. Yeah. Honestly, just such a dominant performance. Um, I mean, to Santino, like, you don't even know what the loser's bracket is. That doesn't exist to you. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, I was like, you know, it's funny because, like, it not being there kind of just gave me that level of comfort because it's like, okay... If I mess this one up, you know, you know, I still have another chance, and then that that uh, other chance just never came. Never needed it. No. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. Well, anyway, we're going to talk more about Santino's victory and your team and just the Pokemon Players Cup Finals in general a little bit later on. We have a few important things to touch on in the beginning. And uh, actually, these are a bit more fun in the beginning, and these are just this is just some feedback and follow up from some of our other listeners. First off, um, I just want to shout out Brian Wong, who is at Brian underscore Coffee Bun, and uh, Brian just congratulated us on reaching a hundred episodes of the show, and that uh, Brian hasn't been playing Pokemon recently, but the podcast was helping uh, him keep up with the scene. So, uh, Brian, thank you for thank you for just that feedback and uh, for us. For congratulating us on making it 100, I'm making 100 episodes so far. Um, we appreciate that. And uh, everyone may remember from a few episodes ago that uh, Alex wanted to a follow up to a uh, word used, and uh, you know we did get this from Kyle. And uh, Alex, why don't you go ahead and talk it, about this? One? <laughs> yeah. So Kyle finally, uh, well, not finally, but he got back to us on. Uh, the use of the word... I don't even remember what the word was. What was the word, Steven? Uh, enfranchised. Enfranchised, yeah. It was the, I was very confused by the use of enfranchised, but uh, Kyle goes at, uh, went ahead and responded, said, it turns out, yeah, that he used the word wrong, and says, uh, at Lexicon, but you answered the question I was trying to ask, guys. Yeah, I've played a ton of VGC online, but now my local store is offering a Pokemon Locals. I wanted to jump in the scene when it restarts. Uh, so it sounds like they might be uh, kicking off events where they are. Maybe they're handling uh, Corona a bit better over there. Um, but yeah, just looking for... Uh, they were just looking for tips when uh, things start back up. But we kind of covered this uh, back when we answered the question. Thankfully, we were able to uh, infer the, the proper meaning there. Uh, thanks again for uh, for following up, though, Kyle. It was really, really curious. Kyle, you rock. And uh, Brian, you rock, too. So both of you, thank thank you there. Now, everyone, I'm sure everyone is aware of uh, everything that's enveloped the Pokemon Players Cup Finals this past weekend, and really all summer. So I'm just going to go over the uh, Conan situation that I'm sure most uh, VGC players are aware of. So um, this is the situation. I'm just I'm not going to go into the nitty gritty details, but I think everyone needs to understand what's going on and that this matters to um, the three of us on the show here, as well as a bunch of other people. So 
Um, back in late May and early June, Conan Thompson was tied to an anonymous alternate Twitter account that bullied and harassed other members of the Pokemon community, and the posts were and are sexist, racist, homophobic, transphobic, and this behavior cannot be tolerated and is not acceptable under the Play Pokemon standards of conduct, and to be frank, is just not acceptable anywhere. Conan had originally posted an apology, admitting his guilt, and there were rightful calls to ban him from Pokemon Organized Play. Support tickets were submitted then, and TPCI took no action, uh, thus Conan played in the Players' Cup Regional Qualifier in July. The initial apology was inauthentic, and then he even deleted it, clearly indicating there's no remorse for any of his actions. Now, moving on to the Players' Cup Finals in August, Conan's presence in this tournament was still discomforting in the least, to say um, Conan still being allowed to play and shrouded the entire atmosphere of the Players' Cup Finals, ruining the build-up to it. The live chat was a nightmare, where any reference to him was deleted, and even the integrity of the stream itself was compromised. None of his matches were shown, despite the fact that some of his opponents were certainly capable of recording those games. Conan even advanced far enough, uh, making top four to win a travel award to a future international. Now, I know personally if I had to play him in the future, I would not be comfortable with uh, that, and I don't know how anyone would feel comfortable with him at any event. Um, TPCI should have prevented him from competing in the Players' Cup to begin with, and now their arms are kind of twisted. It's clearly evident, based on the stream of the finals weekend, that they're fully aware of the situation. It's a really bad look on TPCI because they may take no action at all, which is the worst-case scenario, and even if they do, at this point, we will still wonder why they were tolerant for the time and no action was taken sooner. Lastly, I want to be clear that the real problem here is Conan. What he did was wrong and his behavior was unacceptable. He showed no remorse for anything he'd done, didn't hold himself accountable, and his presence is not conducive to a welcoming environment. So, that's basically a rundown of the whole situation um, from the summer. Just want to get maybe some thoughts from the two of you here. Yeah, so, Steven, I, I do agree on just pretty much all accounts here, uh, or I guess all accounts here. Um, and uh, the one point that I do want to uh, kind of highlight here is just that it's so strange uh, that there was no action from TPCI uh, and, or I guess TPC, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's just very strange that he was allowed to play, that they were so silent on all of this, and this just really makes me wish that we had a... Uh, uh, a community, uh, I don't know, just some kind of established point of contact or something. Like, we have our support tickets, but when they just kind of end up hitting nothing or doing nothing, you, you you want some kind of response, you know? You want to know, well, did you see our cries? Like, did do people, do they know this is what the community is, like, saying? And, um, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've seen other games, other uh, competitive environments where... There's a lot more interaction between top players or just players in general and the uh, people running the game. And uh, we just do not have that in Pokemon. And it's just something that, uh, as as shown in the situation, is really sorely lacking. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, and I guess kind of adding on to that, um, Conan kind of said that he, you know, showed remorse for his action. He's, he he kind of felt bad for what happened. I mean, if he really did, I, like, the fact that he chose to still compete in the Players' Cup, knowing full well, you know, how the community reaction would be, I think is pretty pretty telling of how, quote-unquote, remorseful he, he really was. Like, he knew what he was getting into. He actually, I mean, I'm sure you guys saw it, he ended up putting out a second apology, kind of saying that, you know, all of the people um, kind of, you know, spamming Ban Conan in the chat were, were the real people who were ruining the, the uh, cup, and I mean, 
he brought that on. And again, he, he probably knew full well that he would bring that on were he to make an appearance. Just the fact that, you know, he got as far as he did and got the travel board, it just added more, more uh, fuel to the fire. That was something that I had uh, talked about amongst friends is he could have saved a lot of face uh, and earned uh, at least a decent amount of more like respect or support from some people, not me personally, but uh, yeah. <laughs> just like in general, uh, if he had just chosen to withdraw, resign, whatever you want to say it. Um, and the fact that he continued to go forward with this um, just really kind of shows his character. Like, I, I think this is um, for those who've known Conan uh, in the community for a while, he kind of, I don't know, he's, he's always been a person that has kind of thrived on this, like, hate, this uh, just causing controversy. Uh, and so uh, it doesn't surprise me that he, you know, chose to compete anyway. And it, I again, I do not feel that he is actually remorseful or anything. Yeah, there's uh, no respect left to be given. There's no uh, support left to be given. Um, even I know Colin Hire used to be one of his good friends. And uh, Colin, you know, pretty, pretty much told us that that was a toxic relationship and, um, you know, if, if that's what Conan, that's how Conan's treating some of the people he even likes, um, imagine the people he doesn't. So there's, uh, there's just, I don't know. I'm still mad at the whole situation. I'm mad we kind of had to spend some time talking about this, um, in general, because we have Santino on here and I want to talk more about, um, your team and just uh, everything behind that, because that's the real thing we'll, we are celebrating here is that, uh, the 15 out of the 16 players in the finals are the people we want to celebrate here. So, um, everything regarding this situation is still kind of to be determined, TBD, so we will, of course, be following along and, uh, keep everyone updated on that. So, let's, uh, move on here to, um, talk about the Pokemon Players Cup Finals, and as we mentioned already, and everyone I'm sure is aware, Santino is our champion. Now, uh, Santino, before we actually talk about the Players Cup at all, um, I actually want to go back a f just a few months to talk about, you've, uh, you've clearly been open about this how you've been working and uh you know kind of centered around colossal for uh, several months now and uh, i kind of want to ask you what kind of drew you to colossal in the first place what was it about it so um i had actually been so jamie boyd is obviously you know is a pretty well-known player in this community obviously known for kind of using some off-brand picks uh, when it comes to the the uh pokemon he uses and he has a series called uh, Fun Conventional, where he t basically takes a Pokemon that really doesn't see a whole lot of use, tries and and uh, just tries to make it work in the current meta game. And one of the episodes ended up doing one of the more early ones was actually Colossal around the time its G Max came out, probably like mid Series Three or somewhere around that. Um, uh, around this time, yeah, I think around the time this happened. Um, we had just gotten word that Toronto regionals um, had been canceled. You know, I was kind of not really looking to play a whole, whole lot of Pokemon. You know, I um, really, or rather the uh, the team that I was going to bring, I wasn't too crazy about it as it was. So I was kind of just taking it easy, you know. And then I, you know, kind of stumbled upon um, this video. And I, I um, uh, early on, uh, whenever we were seeing all the uh, G-Max Charizard around, I really liked its secondary effect of the G-Max Wildfire. And I actually didn't realize that Colossal also got the same effect with the Volcalith. And the Volcalith was probably the first thing that really drew me to Colossal. Like, after seeing the amount of passive damage that Wildfire could do, what, I mean, 1-6 to each Pokemon per turn for four turns is just, like, 
an insane amount of passive damage, probably dealing usually like a quarter of a team's health, like just by using the move once. So I really like that effect, and I really thought that it could be good on Colossal as well. Um, I had tried Colossal earlier on, back in um, you know in the beginning of the format. I thought it was this just this dumb gimmick. You know, you're using Surf on this Pokemon that is super weak to water and ground. There's Excadrill everywhere. It was Series 3, so now a Primarina was now here, Lapras was now here, and all these Pokemon that just seem so good versus it, like, I, I just kind of thought, you know, okay, there's really no way that this thing could really work and do well, and I think whenever I had tried it, too, I, I was using Scarf Dragapult um, to be the Surf Setter, or the, um, the Steam Engine Procker. Um, so it, uh, it just didn't feel super great, like, being locked into Surf and all that stuff, so I was kind of Turned away from it at first, and then I finally tried it, you know, with a Focus S, Dragapult, and I'll get to switch moves in. Um, yeah, the G-Max actually ended up making a huge difference, again, with the passive damage. Like, even if Colossal was kind of KO'd super early, um, its G-Max Vocalith would live on. And I thought that um, just the fact that it now had G-Max Vocalith, um, it now had a very strong case to, to um, you know, be used more. So I started playing it... Um, or start playing with it around that time, um, pretty much adapting to what the current Colossal teams were. Um, probably the big one going around was the, um, it was the core of, um, Colossal, Dragapult, Kinkelder, and Dusclops, which I, I don't remember who started, you know, kind of popularizing that, but, um, it just seemed like a super strong core, you know, you would lead Colossal, Dragapult, you know, uh, start doing massive amounts of undamage up front, um, set the G-Max vocal up, and then Later on, you would set Trick Room with, with Dusclops and then clean up with a Kinkelder in the back, and both kind of, you know, worked off of each other, whereas Colossal could take out the um, flying types, you know, especially stuff like Togekiss, you know, it was, it, was, it, was, it was resistant to Fairy, so stuff like Sylveon couldn't really put a big dent in it. Um, and then Kinkelder obviously being able to take care of the rock types, you know, obviously all, all the um, the sand duo of Excadrill and Titar, so it just made a lot of sense to kind of pair the two together, and yeah, pretty much from there, um, I started to really fall in love with the Pokemon and really see how strong it could be. So, you've, uh, I guess you've been using Cole for pretty much all of, like, the large part of 2020, and uh, I just wanted to get confirmation. Did you end up using it in the, uh, the IC, the May IC that we used to qualify for the first, or I guess second stage of Players' Cup? I did, yeah. So, yeah, pretty much, like, late March onwards, I've almost... Almost ex um, exclusively of using Colossal. There were two uh, grassroots tournaments that I ended up competing in that feature Colossal. Again, pretty much the teams were pretty much s similar to the one that um, uh, Wolf had used to win the uh, April IC. Mm -hmm. um, the first one I believe was that again that core of oh no I'm sorry no the first one I used had Bronzong over Dustlops. I actually won in Bronzong with the uh, Body Press mm -hmm. because I thought it was much better versus Sand at the time. Then I also had his Atojikis and Gastrodon, and then for the um, the next Gastrodon, I, I want to say it was the the Victory Road to May Challenge is the one I competed in. Um, I ended up switching out Bronzong for Deathlops, and then ended up putting a Primarina in over the Gastrodon, and these and then um, those six the uh, Colossal, Dragapult, Conkelder, Dusclops, Primarina, and Togekiss were what I brought to the May IC. Okay, okay, and. Uh... Obviously, you qualified through that uh, to make it yes. to the uh, the qualifiers stage, uh, that second stage that mm -hmm. uh, players competed in in July. And 
Um, I guess that was when the uh, the rules had changed. Uh, yes. We had gotten the new DLC Pokemon. We had gotten the hidden abilities for the starters. And uh, that is when, uh, I guess, uh, around that time you started working on uh, what is actually somewhat close to the uh, final version, if I'm not mistaken. But um, why don't close, we talk about yeah. the team that you used in the uh, the qualifier stage? Yeah, for sure. So, um, so going into series six, I um, it actually or series six, series five. Uh, it actually took me a, a little bit of time to realize that I wanted to use Colossal again. I was kind of messing with some other stuff, and then in the end, I just figured, you know, I'm familiar with this Pokemon, might as well keep going with it. Um, I ended up starting just with um, Colossal Dragapult and Togekiss at first. Um, the other three part uh, pieces kind of felt a little outdated, you know, Kinkelder and Dusclops as a whole. Felt kind of, you know, outdated with the meta, or, or the new additions to the uh, metagame and Primarina. I just wasn't feeling as much. Um, so I started with the two supportive pieces that felt great to me. Um, Rillaboom was pretty much a shoe-in from the minute uh, we it's the ability it got released, and, and more importantly, it got Grassy Glide in uh, Isle of Armor. Um, just being able to threaten so much damage, not, I mean, really just in general, but also on just Water-type Pokemon, you know, like Primarina, like Lapras, which obviously can give Colossal trouble, but have given past versions of my team trouble as well, especially Primarina, since I was pretty much relying on Thunder Punch Kinkouter to deal with it, and wasn't the most reliable answer. So, really boom, kind of fit right in. Um, Urshifu, um, at first I really wasn't too into the idea of doing a third of my health whenever I went for Aqua Jet, so I kind of stayed away from it because it just seemed a little too strong. Um, but in the end, I thought it made a lot of sense because, like, since I had removed Dusclops, I was trying to get away from the Trick Room component that the team originally had. It just didn't feel as strong, and Colossal always felt best whenever it was actually boosted with the Steam Engine and kind of sweeping... Uh, outside of Trick Room, so Urshifu just made a lot of sense um, as an adjustment from Primarina. And the Fighting Titan, like, still kind of having the Fighting Titan, even though I dropped Kinkouter for Rillaboom, um, was really nice because it still meant that I was, I could still be good versus uh, Sand Teams. And then Incineroar, I didn't end up adding to the team until the Thursday before lock-in. I was kind of scrambling. I, I knew I had, like, the five that I got, you know, Colossal, Dragapult, Togekiss, Lululemon Urshifu, and at the time, like, I was really struggling versus, what, Sun and Hard Trick Room. Like, those are the two big things. I didn't have much for Trick Room, and Sun just felt kind of, st- still kind of awkward to play around, especially if they had, um, Venusaur plus Redirection, because then I couldn't Aqua Jet, and Dragapult isn't faster than Venusaur with Chlorophyll up, so, you know, I can't even go for Surf, and I'm prone to either getting Earth Powered or Sleep Powered. And just like a bunch of mind games, you know? Um, so originally, originally I had Assault Vest Slowbro, Galarian Slowbro huh. on the team. Oh my. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Again, still Thursday night, I'm like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna try Slowbro. In theory, I'm like, okay, Assault Vest, um, I can use Togekiss with a Lumberry to redirect Venusaur Sleep. It's a psychic type. It beats that. And then for Trick Room, you know, it's, it's pretty tanky with the Assault Vest. It gets Hydro Pump, so it's good versus Torkoal. And then it's a psychic type, so it's, or I'm sorry, it's a poison type, so it's good versus Hatterene. It can take its attacks. I played two Sun teams with it, and I lost both, and then I took Slowbro off the team. <laughs> it's just, just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, but I, I seriously just considered saying, okay, you know what? Forget it. Let's just put Slowbro on the team. And I was kind of talking with, with my good friend, uh, Jake Powell, 
who I was kind of testing out this with, and I was like, okay, man, you know, I really need something for Venusaur. Like, what's good? What's good versus Venusaur? And what's good versus Hard Trick Room? And Jake, who back in 2019 played a whole lot of Psy Spam with uh, Ultra Necrozma and Tapu Lele, was like, yeah, I mean, I'll say Assault Vest and Center are just totally walled my Psy Spam. Like, it was the most infuriating thing to deal with. And it also is good versus Venusaur. And I was like, nah, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I will say, um, obviously Incineroar is a very popular Pokemon for a good reason. I, I really hadn't felt like it was too great in this format up until I put it on my team, obviously. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I was like, I was like, oh, you know, Arcanine so much better. You know, it gets the fast snarl and this and that. And then I finally put Incineroar on the team. And I played, I think I played like two Sun teams. And I think I, I don't, I don't know if I ended up playing Hatterene. Hatterene and Didi, um, but I won both. Like, it felt super good. I, I missed having Intimidate. Like, Intimidate with Colossal actually did, didn't make a whole lot of sense because instead of having to, you know, like, let's say you lead Dragapult Colossal versus Exeter Teeter, like, you have to go for Max Guard and then Breaking Swipe or Max Guard Reflect to make sure make sure Exeter doesn't KO you. And here I, I can just switch an Incineroar and does the exact same thing, and then I don't have to, I don't have to waste that Max Guard. So, Incineroar um, ended up being a super good pick. Um, I didn't end up bringing it a, t- a lot in the tournament, uh, mostly because I don't. Yeah, I didn't play a single Sun team, nor did I play a single Hatterene Trick Room team. But it, it was primarily there for those two matchups, and versus those two matchups, it worked wonders. So, even if I didn't use it a whole lot, I'm still happy with with my choice there. That is, uh, that is, you know, one of the reasons you still need to fill in that last slot is to patch up some matchups and just to help you out there. So if, even if you didn't bring it, like, you know what its purpose was and it was there to help you out with it. So, um, one of the, uh, I, I love those, the addition of the last three choices there of the Rillaboom, the Urshifu, and the Incineroar. Um, the thing that sticks out a lot to me is actually the Dragapult and, um, how support oriented it is. Um, you know, pretty much your surf is what you're doing to you, you know, activate your steam engine and get a weakness policy going on colossal. And then you have breaking swipe to lower the attacks. You have light screen, um, as well as uh, just ally switch. So, uh, it's just mm-hmm. so, you know, unconventional from the you know regular go uh, big offensive dragapult we see. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I do think. I mean. Dragapult, to me, just seems like the best support Pokemon possible for Colossal. Um, and just going for Breaking Swipe, I think, I mean, I know a lot of people running Dragapult, or running, uh, Dragon Darts, and I originally had, I think, just Phantom Force as my attack move, and then Reflect Light Screen, and, um, Surf, obviously. Um, but Breaking Swipe, like, <laughs> admittedly, I kind of forgot the move existed, and so I was kind of just, you know, scrolling through its moves, and I found Breaking Swipe again, and, Really, it's not too much weaker than Dragon Dart. I mean, because, you know, each hit is only a 50 on each Pokemon, and Brick Swipe is 60 base power, so it's 45 on each Pokemon, you're giving up just a little bit of power to basically combine Dragon Dart and Reflect into one slot, and then that lets you run something like Alley Switch, or, say, Helping Hand, or Will-O-Wisp, or just something like that, you know? So, yeah, I really, I really like the addition of Breaking Swipe, and that is something that I tried out um, kind of last minute for the May IC, and it worked out super well, and then... It just felt I felt like a no brainer going forward with drag. So there's a lot of like uh, small things that I had uh, question uh, questions on, but I first wanted to ask uh, since I don't know the answer myself, I don't have both pulled up. But um, what changed between the version that you used in the qualifier stage and the uh, final stage? 
Yeah, so probably the biggest one um, was Ally Switch on Dragapult. I didn't originally have it during the... I actually went the... Pretty much my entire, I guess you could say, colossal career. I did not use Ally Switch on Dragapult. It just didn't feel super great. Um, I had tried Ally Switch on Bronzong whenever I had tried that version, and it didn't really feel too great. Um, and honestly felt like it caused me a bit more headache than my opponent. Um, so I was very dismissive of it. Or, yeah, dismissive of it. Um... So during the qualifier on the drag, I had Phantom Force, Breaking Swipe, Light Screen, Surf, and I really wasn't clicking Phantom Force a whole lot, and I just said, you know, I, you know, just pull up, I'll put out a switch back on. I really don't have anything else to really, you know, anything better to put on it. And I mean, I don't know, like I'm not really sure what changed from my mindset from when I first put it, tried it on Bronzong to first trying it here. But I guess my philosophy kind of right now is that um, like. Yeah, it's a 50-50, but a 50% chance to a protect Colossal is better than, like, a 0% chance, you know? So, mm-hmm. it just, it, like, even if it could still be a bit of a headache, uh, just having the option was just always nice to have, you know? Um, probably the other big thing was uh, Air Slash over, or Air Slash and Serene Grace over Dazzling Gleam on the Tojikiss. Actually, on that one's probably a bit more significant than Alice, which, um, yeah, um... For some, for whatever reason, the uh, Tojikiss that I used on the qualifier was modest with, with a little bit of special attack, and I really wasn't using Tojikiss for damage, obviously. It's, it's supposed to be more of a support Pokemon, so it didn't really make a whole lot of sense uh, to have that. Um, I did like Gleam for the chip, but just having Air Slash, um, not only to hit all of the grass types that are now just so popular in the format, and, you know, you've got Rillaboom and uh, um, Venusaur and uh, Amoongus and all that, but um, just being able to just go for the flinches. Is honestly like obviously it's not the best game plan, um, but I mean sixty percent chance like it it's similar to to hypnosis in that if you get the flinch, I mean it can really save you. So I, I just figured on a more support or oriented Tojikiss, air slash made a lot more sense, uh, primarily for the flinches. That is what Togekiss was really known for for several several generations until uh, Gen eight, and then all of a sudden we're switching to you know super luck and scope lens and all this uh, offensive Togekiss. And uh, just crazy what we were giving up to um, switch over to that. But it still proves, you know, this is still a valuable asset to have on a team. And, uh, you know, we kind of laid down the foundation for your team for the finals here um, for Players' Cup finals for August. And I want to talk about this, uh, the August stage specifically. So um, we have heard, you know, from you that this, uh, I guess, I think, I guess took place two weeks ago now. I'm assuming the weekend of August 8th and 9th. Yes. So. Wait. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Eighth and ninth. So I, I want to ask you, um, cause we also heard from, uh, Yuri, the, uh, same, as, as he was the winner of the kickoff invitational, but they also played like two or three weeks before that actually streamed. And since you are our winner, of course, how hard was it for you to keep this a secret after you'd won? Uh, it was probably the longest two weeks of my life. <laughs> Like, like that first week, that, like, right after it's like, okay, I did it. Now I can't tell anybody for two weeks. What do I do? Like, that first week just, it went by way too slow. Thankfully, the next one kind of picked up a little bit, probably because it was like, okay, you know, I'm looking forward to the weekend now, you know, it's kind of coming fast. But, yeah, it it was awful. (laughs) Quite frankly, it was awful. Like, obviously, like, I guess just to kind of get this out there, I don't, obviously, this isn't quite equivalent to, like, Say a world's win or what have you, but I get—I guess the closest thing, or the closest thing you can kind of compare this to is like imagine winning worlds and then not being able to 
tell somebody that you <laughs> oh, one yeah. word, you know? That's rough. Oh uh, yeah. So yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty brutal. Honestly, m- might have even been br- more brutal than the uh, cup itself. Yeah, just the, I can't imagine doing something so awesome, so just and holding that to yourself for so long. Ah, oh, man. I, again, we we talked about this with Yuri, but it just it sounds so hard, and I do not uh, envy that aspect. Obviously, it is really really cool to win, and you never want to take that away. But man, holding it for two weeks. It is just something that has been very unique about the uh, the Players Cup that it, uh, that it has brought on. So, um, really, really cool that uh, I mean that it happened in general. Just uh, you know, you can't really complain there. Um, so, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, I guess about the tournament itself. Um, uh, I was wondering about just like a couple of things, like structure. Was it done uh, over the course of two days? I'm guessing. It was, yeah. So day one, we played up until winners' finals, and then I believe losers' rounds one, two, and three, we played. Mm-hmm. So I played pr- predominantly all of my games in the first day. Um, I I only played grand finals uh, during day two, where um, the rest of losers went out, um, lo- losers' finals, and then finally the uh, grand finals. So I had a pretty sizable break between winners' finals and grand finals. Um, obviously, at that point, I. You know, I I knew that um, GSOC was uh, could up uh, potentially be my opponent. So, but obviously, I didn't know who the other person could be. So, there really wasn't too much I could do with prep. You know, I, I didn't want to prep for all the possible outcomes. I just would take out. You know, just kind of seemed um, unnecessary. You know, I mean, like you said, it was nice to have that win. Uh, I guess the fact that you hadn't lost uh, to kind of have a, as a cushion, a fallback, you know, mm-hmm. you were allowed to just continue doing what you were doing and what was working, you know, you hadn't lost at that point. So you could kind of just keep going, uh, you know, rolling with it as it was just, you know, whenever you got the opponent's uh, team or whatever, you uh, just kind of dealt with it as it came. Um, so this was again, open team sheet, just to confirm. Yes, it was open team sheet. Open and, team sheet. and what was actually okay. interesting about this one was that unlike the, um, the qualifier where you could only see the team sheet of your opponent. For this, we were able to see uh, everybody's team sheet from the get-go. Ooh, that's, that's okay, neat. okay. So so once the tournament started, we knew exactly what every person had. And, like, like let's say round one, I play this person. Like, obviously, I can be like, okay, I can... If I beat this guy, I'm going to play either this guy or this guy. So you can kind of plan for two people at once. And obviously, if you win, and, you know, yeah. Like, it just allows you to plan for... Yeah, and um, allows you to plan ahead more. That's really cool. It is. So here's a question about, uh, I guess, two questions to follow up about that. So among the players that you played in uh, this stage, I guess, who gave you the most trouble? Almost kind of silly to say that, but who would you say gave you the most trouble? And Mm -hmm. the other question is, which of the teams that you saw uh, of the team sheets scared you the most? Okay, I'm actually going to answer that second one first sure. because there was one team that immediately jumped out, and that was David Kutesh's. Mm-hmm. Um, his was his had his was basically stacked versus all of the things I didn't want to see: Gyarados, Corviknight, and Gudra. I know Gudra is not terribly popular, but if you if you've ever wondered how you be call, how you beat this team, uh, just use Gudra. There's hey, free- <laughs> that was uh, that was our cool matchup on the uh, comfy team. <laughs> yeah, like there's there's literally like nothing like like Colossal can't touch it, Rillaboom can't touch it, Dragapult can't touch it. Oh, actually, 
Really, uh, activates the uh, weakness policy. Togekiss can yawn it, I guess. Hopefully, it doesn't have Max Electric. Um, Urshifu was pretty much our, our best bet. Even then, most of them are running Max Steel Spike. So, if it gets a couple of those off, I mean, yeah, there's just not much I can do. It is just kind of that, like, that dragon typing, that uh, very bulky dragon typing does kind of well against a uh, Firewater Grass Core, which you've kind of got, like, almost twice over just between mm-hmm. uh, Colossal and Incineroar. Um, so th- I, that makes a bit of, uh, a bit of sense, but, um, yeah, I guess for your own benefit, uh, David, you never ended up running into him as far as I understand. And then, uh, I guess Steven's first question, what was the uh, mm-hmm. toughest opponent that you ended up fighting? Yeah, probably, honestly, I would probably say G-Suck. Um, obviously I did have to fight him twice and that first time or that second time I was much more prepared, but... At first, I couldn't quite... Whenever I first played him, I couldn't quite figure out how to get through Primarina Dragapult. Um, and I mean, as you guys saw in uh, Winner's Finals, I was trying to um, play a bit more defensively, kind of save Colossal for the end game. And really the big thing that was throwing me off is that he had two Pokemon that were super good versus it. And usually, I'm, I'm just kind of scrolling down most of these teams right here. Really, it's, you know, for the most part, it's really only one Pokemon on some of these teams that really gives Colossal trouble, I mean, there's extra, I mean, some of you know have like Yuri had Rotom and Excadrill, uh, but mm-hmm. most either have just like a like most either have just like a, a bulky water type, which is a problem. Or um, actually, I guess I guess almost all of my all of these guys have some sort of water type. It was really just like uh, I guess uh, Joseph Ugarte's type of team where the Excadrill yeah. was the only threat to Colossal, but mm-hmm. otherwise a lot of uh, a lot of teams opted for some kind of water type. Yeah, um, and then like just the fact that G-Sock had both Primarina and Urshifu to deal with Colossal just made bringing it and, and you know maxing it um, just a lot more tricky. You know, just trying to figure out when the best time to max it was and trying to position myself to. Not let hit his water types, you know, get the get the um, the uh, fatal blows on the colossal before it can really uh, do something. Yeah, that was really funny to me that uh, you know, being the colossal player that you were, uh, <laughs> it must have been a nightmare to see the one person using two water types, which is not very common. Uh, was the person mm-hmm. that was making it to winners finals and then ultimately grand finals. It was just like, can I catch a break? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> um, yeah, and I. I think for the whenever I first saw team sheets, I think I saw his team and I was like, okay, Primarina, Incineroar, or whatever, Urshifu, it's Dark type, whatever, and then I just kind of moved on. And then when it started getting close, I looked at his team again. I was like, oh wait, that's the water one. Oh no, this got a lot. Yeah. This got this got a whole lot more tricky. Oh right, yeah. And the other thing too is, um, I don't know if it was ever shown off during the games, but his Dragapult was Lumberry. Obviously, yes. I knew that, so I wasn't able to yawn it with my Togekiss, because that was usually whatever um, I try and, you know, lead more defensive. My first thing is, okay, I either get off Intimidate or yawn the Dynamax Pokemon, you know, try and hinder it somehow, and I couldn't do either with, with that Dragapult. I remember being very confused uh, in, I think it was the first game of that Winner's Finals or something, uh, when you had yawned the Primarina, and I was like, but if it, if it, it had maxed, it could just max Starfall, and, like, the Dragapult was the one that was uh maxing I, I don't know i was just kind of very confused but obviously i didn't have the full information so mm-hmm. i was just like a little bit confused by that line but it makes a lot more sense once uh i think it was shown on stream when they show like okay you, the 
held items during team preview or something. Right. Uh, me yeah. and my friends that were watching were like, oh, that is it. Okay. It was a Lumberry Dragapult. That's such a strange pick. Just a lot of things that just like, uh, again, it's those like niche little picks that uh, really mm-hmm. can make the difference. And it was uh, really working for Jisok here. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was a super cool pick. Uh, something that I wanted to talk about watching that finals match, uh, specifically the uh, grand finals, the rematch, um, that stood out to me and is something that we haven't really covered yet. It's that Rillaboom set. Um, and I think it was really shining in uh, that matchup against, I guess, I mean, double water, wouldn't you expect it? But, um, you know, I, I think it was really cool how you use Rillaboom differently. It kind of just opened my eyes to how it uh it can function and it doesn't always have to be the pokemon that we usually make it you know it's usually got mm-hmm. the fake out it's usually like protecting or whatever i don't know some some people run a salt vest some people run a berry mm-hmm. some people run miracle seed whatever um but you had the choice band on it and mm-hmm. it was not exactly this pokemon that was enabling setup it was more so coming in and just picking off the weakened threats and uh i would want i wanted to ask about um I guess why you had chosen that Rillaboom and uh, was it really like one of the stronger members of the team? Uh, I would probably say that apart from Colossal itself, Rillaboom was probably the MVP of the team. Mm-hmm. It was basically uh, added to mostly be that cleanup Pokemon. Um, I had tr- whenever I had first started trying a Rillaboom, I was trying you know stuff like a Salt Vest uh, with Fake Out, you know stuff like um, I think I tried a Miracle Seed too at one point uh, with Protect, which I believe a couple players ended up running. Um, but it just wasn't doing enough damage, and, like, whenever I was using it, right, I, I, like, I was usually using it in, in the late game, and I was like, okay, why am I, like, wh- like, do I have to even go for fake out? Like, like, why do I have this? Why do I have that? Like, it just didn't, it wasn't quite meshing with the team, and my first thought then became, like, okay, choice band, just use that. And then, almost immediately, I was like, no, that's stupid. Why would I use that? Like, I want fake out. You know, like, why would I give up fake out? on a Pokemon that could get it, you know? Like, it just, it just didn't make any sense. Like, it's just... Even if it did get nerfed slightly in this metagame, um, it's still a fantastic move. So, I just said, okay, you know what? Let's just try it. Let's just do Choice Band really Boom. Give it a try, and I never look back. It just made so... Like, like it made sense from from giving up Conkelder, who was the cleanup Pokemon, to just throw on yet another Pokemon who also had a very strong priority move. And I mean, I guess just to give you guys an example of how strong Banded Grassy Glide is, um, it does pretty much the same amount of damage as Kinkelder's Iron Fist Mock Punch to an Excadrill. Yeah, that's that's, that's awesome. That's very it basically Oko's no-bulk Excadrill, which is like, okay, that's pretty cool. And during like a, a lot of my, my, my matches too, like I, I remember one match during the qualifier where my opponent really didn't have many things that could take a Bandy Grassy Glide. Like, he had Dracovish and Mail and Didi. And it got to the point where Rillaboom just kind of came in versus these two Pokemon and then click Grassy Glide and Didi was just gone. Uh, Fishes Friend did like 30% and then I just two shot. Or I. I the Dracovish took vocal damage and then Grassy Glide just finished it off. And I was like, whoa. Like, <laughs> that's pretty insane. Yeah, really showing all aspects of the team there. That's like a that's really what it's about is you know chipping things down and then Rillaboom just kind of cleaning up. It makes me think back to the days and like uh, I was thinking about how much I just like miss old Talonflame like pre Gale Wings mm-hmm. nerf. Like I, I don't know, I was never really bothered by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it never felt like something that like was overly oppressive. It was just a good Pokemon. That's just kind of where Rillaboom is at. Like I I still am of the opinion that I don't think 
um it's like overly oppressive it's just like a good support and in this case offensive pokemon um so like when a lot of people i guess we'll talk about it in series six when a lot of people were like oh goodbye rillaboom i was like oh no no i'm gonna miss this guy <laughs> um yeah like it really makes me think of back to like just uh just having talonflame just to be like well i can just do a lot of priority damage to finish things off and it's just a really solid pin yeah it's one of the things i love uh most about pokemon in general is like just everyone's ability to for customization to customize the way they want to maybe fit their own team fit their own play style you know a lot of moves a lot of pokemon a lot of sets can be standard and they're standard for good reason because they're good and they get the job done but um, there's always that room to kind of uh, customize how you need to. And that's one of the things I love most about the game. It's kind of like um, Pokemon's version of having an open world game, but in the competitive mindset of battling. So uh, I really like that a lot. And, you know, that really proved uh, proved to help you out a lot in uh, the Players' Cup for your Rillaboom there, Tantino. So uh, same goes for the Talonflame. You know, we saw a lot of offensive sets in the very, very beginning of like uh, 2014. And... Uh, we we started seeing more support oriented, and then like Sage and Parks uh, World Championships winning one had like the uh, Brave Bird and Overheat, which uh, you know Overheat was kind of a surprise; no one really expected. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love the custom customization in Pokemon. Is uh, again the point I'm driving home. So uh, I guess before we uh, move on here, since there's still a lot of other things that we do want to talk about in this episode, there's some really exciting uh, news to cover after this. Yep. Uh, Santino, are there any uh, final thoughts that you want to talk about for Players Cup? I'm sure that. Uh, you've said a lot of these things over and over, but is there anything that you wanted to get out that you haven't said, um, about your, uh, your big run? Uh, I guess just the one thing is that, I mean, obviously, you know, this, this weekend did have some controversy, you know, there was some stuff going on that a lot of us wish wouldn't have happened, but honestly, apart from the controversy, I thought the cup was very well run. I love the fact that, you know, we actually had an actual, like, official event that we could play during the summer where all the live events were canceled. Um, I thought the tournament organizers were super good at what they were doing. Um, it was run very well. Um, everyone was super friendly and understanding. And I know whenever we had to record our games, I kept having a whole bunch of problems with OBS and just kind of my, my audio and all that. And they were, you know, just very understanding. And, yeah, just so the staff as a whole and, you know, just, yeah, the entire thing was just very well run so and i would really love to see you know something like this again in the future especially if this you know if this virus situation ends up sticking around yeah yeah exactly if we don't if we're not returning to live events i would love to see a uh a player's cup too or something like that to uh, get us through the fall here especially if we have like a new format like uh yeah i am looking for something to play this new format in uh, I guess we'll get to that in a second here. We've got uh, one thing that we got to cover in between here. Um, do you want me to go ahead and just run through it, Stephen? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. So uh, before we move on and get talking about Series 6, which I'm sure people do want to hear about, we uh, we want to talk about the uh, women's tournament that'll be coming up uh, September 5th, which I think is the weekend after this is getting posted. Yeah, yeah. I just checked the calendar. Okay. And so um, this is going to be um, uh, hosted by Alyssa Smith. And, uh, yeah, it's basically just an opportunity for women in VGC to, uh, play in a tournament that, I don't know, I don't know how best to, uh, phrase it, but, uh, it's really just trying to give, um, the opportunity for more women to shine in VGC and, uh, find a place that they're, uh, 
I don't know. I, I really don't know how to best phrase it, but I, I, I'm, I'm really excited for this. Um, there's a Discord uh, for uh, the tournament uh, if you want to go ahead and uh, join that. I don't know if it's uh, women only or not. Uh, there are... So uh, I do know about the Discord that it is, uh, you know, women can join it. And there's also if, uh, you know, if there are certain roles in that Discord so that uh, I think I think men can join it if, uh, you know, if you're an ally and everything um to that tournament but you know basically the whole purpose of the tournament and i know i don't need to explain this to the two of you is that we all know how misogynistic the gaming industry is in general that also trickles down to competitive gaming and competitive pokemon so again this is just a safe space for women to be able to join in a in a pokemon tournament vgc where there aren't uh you know there aren't going to be any of those misogynistic ideas um around and it's uh creates this safe space. Let's people, let's uh, some women be able to enjoy the game without having to be like uh, mansplained or um or ridiculed or harassed or anything like that. So um, I love this tournament. I love this idea. You know, um, glad we're finally advertising it here because I've just forgotten the last few weeks. And uh, you know, I'm glad to be supporting it, and I'm really looking forward to this because this uh hopefully is actually like one of the big first tournaments for Series Six. They've gotten a lot of uh, positive reception, too, in the comments. Like, it's just really exciting to see uh, the number of people saying, like, this is going to be, like, one of the first tournaments they sign up and play. And uh, I think that's really just going to be an awesome thing, is that if this can get more uh, women to uh, start playing VGC, uh, then I think that would be great for our game. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, sorry, uh, I didn't really have too much else to kind of add there. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's a super cool event. You know, obviously, um, even just looking at, say, the the uh, Players Cup Finals, for instance. Um, there aren't a whole lot of women um, in our scene, unfortunately, mostly due to some of the uh, misogyny that takes place in our community, so offering this sort of more uh, safer space for women to play a VGC again, like like uh, Steven said, without being um, mansplained or um, ridiculed and all that. It's just, it's just a really good thing, and I'm definitely looking forward to watching it uh, next weekend. So, I was going to say, so this is going to be in uh, Series 6. I believe they ended up, uh, either it was delaying it or changing it or something, um, I believe. Uh, is that true, uh, Stephen? Are they going to be doing it in Series 6? I uh, I saw Alyssa considering that they're changing the Series 6. I hope they do, because, um, like, Series 5 is kind of, you know, in the past now. So, uh, I, I, I hope it's Series 6. I think they did say they were going to... Um, take it to a poll, and last that I had heard, I think um, Series 6 was kind of um, edging out. So it does seem like it's going to be Series 6, from what I've seen. That's exciting. I, I've actually got a, uh, I've got a question for you, Santino. How does it feel to be uh, king of an already dead format? Oh, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I already got a comment today on one of my things that was like, yeah, this team is cool and all, but I mean, most of it's gone now. I'm just like, don't remind me, man. No, I mean, it, Let it's, me it's fine. Colossal is right here. Colossal is still right here. He is did you actually, here. did you lose five months? Oh, no, Urshifu's still here. Urshifu, Urshifu yeah. Still so, Urshifu. Yeah, Colossal's still here. Yeah, I mean, Colossal's still here, but he, he unfortunately had to um, bury his two friends, Dra- Dragapult and uh, Rillaboom. Yeah, so I think this is a great way to transition to Series 6 and talk about this big announcement. So, um, you know, for your team of six earlier, you know, four out of the six are... You know, not going to be legal for play anymore. So Urshifu and Colossal still uh, get to survive the cuts or the bans. And uh, Colossal still a great queen centerpiece to have on a team. But um, 
this this was so unexpected. You know, we got this last week just before the Players Cup uh, final started, and uh, what an announcement! So this is I love this so much. The we're gonna we're gonna discuss this, of course. But the Series Six, what's happening here is that it bans the top ten most used Pokemon from Series Five or Season Eight in July, so from uh, last month, uh, from both singles and doubles. So. Uh, there's a potential for 20 total Pokemon to be banned for Series 6. We ended up with 16. Uh, four Pokemon that overlapped uh, for both singles and doubles, and then there were six that were uh, banned due to their high usage in uh, singles, and another six from doubles. So there are some very peculiar and very fascinating things I want to talk about from the rankings here. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I'll go ahead and uh, just list off the 16 really quick here off the start. Um, it's in, I, I'm just going to read them in no particular order, um, just because we have like all 16 against one, uh, once, uh, uh, again, as Steven said, uh, they were combined from singles and doubles. So uh, some of them were from in, uh, singles, some were doubles, we'll cover that in a minute. But uh, Cinderace, Dragapult, Excadrill, Gyarados... Hippowdon, Incineroar, Indeedee, both male and female, uh, Magnezone, Togekiss, Rillaboom, Porygon 2, Mimikyu, Torkoal, Tyranitar, Venusaur, and Whimsicott are all banned from the Series 6 metagame. So, Santino, what was your initial reaction when you first saw the uh, rules announced? Um, Honestly, I kind of thought it was a joke at first. Because I remember, um, I guess they had announced this kind of late last night. Or late one night, and I kind of just woke up, and I was saying, you know, oh my god, like, Rillaboom and Cinderor are gone, and they're banned. And I was like, what? Like, what are people talking about? So I'm kind of scrolling down, and I see this thing, yeah, yeah, Series 6 is out, you know, all these Pokemon are banned. And I was like, okay, that's funny. And then I kind of just, you know, <laughs> kept scrolling, you know, like someone just made a joke or something. Like, like there's no way like, they would actually end up doing that. And yeah, here, here they actually ended up uh, doing that. So, uh, pretty crazy, honestly. I mean, I know we talked about most of my team not being in the format, but honestly, I'm really excited because there are a lot of Pokemon that I just feel like just don't, that I thought could have a good chance of playing, but however, Pokemon like Togekiss and Dragapult just kind of invalidate them. So the fact that some of these more top picks are gone could really pave the way for some more um, overlooked and underrated Pokemon, and that really excites me. Yeah, so... Uh... Definitely agree with all of that. And uh, again, like Alex mentioned, we, I do want to just go through the list here. So I found the, this. I took screenshots on my phone from the Pokemon Home app where the battle data uh, was found. And, um, you know, basically we have our list here. So from singles, it was Cinderace, Rillaboom, Dragapult, Togekiss, Porygon 2, Mimikyu, Gyarados, Hippodon, Excadrill, and Magnezone. So um, those are the ones from singles there. The uh, ones that are specifically being banned in VGC, but... We know they have some usage in uh, doubles, but mostly it was uh, from singles here, where the Magnezone, Excadrill, Hippowdon, Gyarados, Mimikyu, and it was the Porygon 2, actually. Um, we also have uh, the list beyond each uh, one here, and I'm just going to go ahead and list the doubles one as well. Doubles uh, from 1 to 10 is Rillaboom, Togekiss, Cinderace, Incineroar, Indeedee, Tyranitar, Whimsicott, Torkoal, Dragapult, and Venusaur. And everyone, you can check out all this data on your Pokemon Home app, too, on your phone, on the mobile version. And, um, you know, it's just crazy how, like, you know, Porygon 2 actually uh, ranked 12th in those in the uh, you know, usage data for doubles. And, you know, if we were only taking the data from doubles, it would have actually, um, 
it still would have it would have missed the cut, so it would have still been legal. But because we're combining both singles and doubles, like it's just it's, that's just fascinating to me. It's really fun to see the uh, the crossover of uh, Pokemon's just like overall viability in any metagame uh, versus like singles viability. We see Pokemon uh, like I think it's really fun to point out that. Uh, the top four Pokemon uh, actually have three of uh, three Pokemon overlapping uh, between both games. Uh, Cinderace is in both top fours. Uh, Rillaboom and Togekiss are as well. Uh, where Dragapult is a top four Pokemon in singles, and Incineroar is a top four Pokemon in doubles. Uh, of course, Dragapult is getting uh, eliminated for both games because um, of it's uh, just again another Pokemon that is strong overall. But uh, it's just really funny to uh, see that there's just, like, some Pokemon, especially because both of these formats use Dynamax, um, where these Pokemon are just inherently really, really strong. Uh, Cinderace, of course, with that Libero. Um, I guess Rillaboom probably does things a little bit differently uh, in singles as it does uh, in doubles. It's probably a bit more of an offensive pick uh, akin to uh, what we saw with from Santino, whether it's uh, maxing with that G-Max form or it's... Uh, you know, setting up Swords Dances and using Grassy Glide. Uh, and then we have Togekiss, which, of course, we all know is a very, very strong Dynamax candidate. It might not have been the main Dynamax Pokemon for Santino's team, but it's just, like, still an overall awesome Pokemon between Airstream, the critical hit set. It's got things like Nasty Plot. So, uh, yeah, these are just, like, Pokemon that are going to be strong uh, in both formats. And I, I think it's really fun to look at those ones that cross over, as well as the uh, the ones that are unique to each game like it's hilarious that hippowdon is banned (laughs) from our format and everyone's just like who (laughs) what do you mean (laughs) yeah i mean i think what's also amusing too is that if you look on the uh the doubles list um dustclops is actually number 11 and porygon 2 is actually below it yet porygon 2 is the pokemon that ended up getting banned because of its use in singles so i thought that was pretty amusing there and then i guess the other thing too is that i'm not sure if you guys know the answer to to this one, but um, you have Steven uh, on the singles list. Um, number 11 was Urshifu um, with a Rapid Strike. Did they not combine both Urshifus, or is it kind of separate? I saw in the Pokemon Home data that they did split Rapid Strike and, uh, was it Single Strike? And even with Ndidi, like, Ndidi Female was split from Ndidi Male, um, was something I noticed, but it seems like we're gonna have just lose Ndidi altogether. Um, Interesting. Yo, wait a minute. So, so that means for doubles that Ndidi female is fifth place. And uh, if you combined that with the male usage, which all be is like, it's not that high. Um, it's still like, just to think how much uh, how much usage there is for just that psychic terrain setter. Um, something that I was talking about with a uh, friend the other day is just about the terrain setters in the format. Of course, we don't see a lot of uh, misty terrain and electric terrain from um Pincurchin and uh Weezing respectively uh Weezing Galar but we did actually just lose the only psychic surge pokemon in the format um in Indeedy like Rillaboom still does have Thwacky and that's just been kind of a a common meme maybe right. not even a meme <laughs> uh going around in the community is like just slapping an eviolite in all of these top pokemon let's run toga tick let's run Le, what is it raboot let's run thwacky you know like uh, these uh toracat toracat oh like, yeah toracat a lot of these are actually going to be okay picks some uh some are going to be better than others but just the ability to set grassy terrain is still available whereas uh, psychic terrain has been totally axed psychic mm-hmm. surge yeah, I mean, I would be lying if I 
said that I didn't consider running Choice Band Thwacky as a replacement over the Rillaboom. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I, I was doing some calcs, and that base 85 attack, man, it's just... I just don't think it cuts it, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, but yeah, uh, Torracat's actually something interesting, because um, I do it because like people have actually run Torracat in formats where Incineroar was allowed already, so I would think Torracat would still be a pretty big Pokemon um, with its um, evolved form gone. I definitely think so. Could be uh, viable. And uh, really quick, just want to run down the list of the Pokemon that just barely missed uh, the cuts. So just to so everyone knows. And again, you can just look up the data yourself. Uh, for singles, in 11th, we have Urshifu. 12th was Dracozolt. And 13th was Lapras. And I didn't bother, go doing, uh, bother going down any farther because of singles. And we focus on doubles here. But uh, for doubles, I went down to 15. And 11 was Dusclops. 12 was Porygon 2. 13 was Hatterene. 14 was Lapras. And 15 was Duraludon. So, all of these uh, 16 Pokemon have, uh, maybe with the exception of Hippowdon, uh, mostly, have had a significant impact or some pretty impactful impact in the metagame um, these last eight months or so. And this is going to be exciting to experience two months without them. Man, you're telling me Duraludon is higher than Excadrill? It was! That's in, that was Ex- in the data. Excadrill wasn't oh, even yeah. close. We, Excadrill could have been fine if it wasn't for singles. Like, he is. Oh, wow. <laughs> Where is he? He's actually yeah, only ninth in uh, singles too. Like he, uh, mm-hmm. he like barely squeezed in there to the ban. And it, it's just kind of funny when uh, when you show this ban to uh, somebody for the first time and don't explain uh, where it came from. Uh, it'd be pretty understandable to just say, "Oh, they banned Titar Excadrill." That's a pretty common duo. That's a pretty common thing we see here in doubles, um, or at least have been in the past couple of months. Maybe not as much post uh, DLC release. But it's just so funny to me that it was like we came together for this ban of Citar Excadrill. <laughs> Singles was like, let's get rid of the mole. And uh, Doubles was like, goodbye, Reptar. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's funny. Uh, Hippowdon, again, I talked about it earlier. Um, Hippowdon is like the, I think, the the glaring Pokemon here uh, that is just like the most singles-oriented uh, to be lost. Um, I'm sure there are some Pokemon that the doubles players are looking at it like, oh, yeah. Or the singles players are looking at the doubles list and like, wow, I lost Incineroar. Who cares? <laughs> like, I don't think it's too hot in singles. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just so funny that we lost Hippowdon uh, on top of like uh, Tyranitar as well. Like, all we've got left is Gigalith in terms of like sand centers. At least there is still one. Mm-hmm. It's a shame too, because I, I feel like with a Tyranitar gone, Hippowdon really would have like had a chance to shine. Had it still been allowed, because people were still using Hepaudon, especially early on. I mean, it gets Iron Defense, or does it get Iron Defense? Or no, Curse, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It gets Curse Body Press, so I mean, it gets still, like, it's still a pretty decent Pokemon uh, in doubles. It's just, you know, Tarantar is right there, so not too much I'm of a reason a, to. A very small tangent here, but was it uh, Jasok Lee who had the Curse Ferrothorn? Um, ooh, I actually, I don't He remember. had uh, Iron Defense. So, somebody did. It was yeah. Iron Defense? Okay, there was one Ferrothorn yeah. in the uh, tournament. It might have been uh, Nico Davide Cognetta's uh, Ferrothorn. Uh, no, he did not have a Ferrothorn. There was one. I could actually look it up real quick. There was a Ferrothorn in the tournament that had... Um, I just thought it was very amusing, and I was talking amongst friends, uh, that it has Curse, Power Whip, Gyro Ball, and Body Press. And just the fact that uh, Curse boosts all of these moves in different ways oh, yeah. is just really really amusing <laughs> yeah the fact that you drop your speed to i guess affect gyro ball ferrothorn's already terribly slow so um 
you know, you boost your attack to boost power whip, um, which of course it still works for gyro ball. And then you raise your defense and that, uh, makes the body press do more damage. So I thought it was just like really just maximizing your, uh, potential off of, uh, the move curse there. It was just very funny. Uh, so, um, maybe while, uh, Santino tracks that down, uh, to figure out who was, uh, the one using that Ferrothorn, um, I think we should all probably, uh, before we, uh, wrap up our talk about Series 6, since there's still so much more to say, but it's still so early, the metagame is not even, the metagame's not even allowed on, uh, Showdown yet, and it's, of course, not legal in-game until September, um, what are, like, our initial thoughts on Pokemon that are going to get to shine from the ban? What are the Pokemon that dodged the ban? You know, there are some, there's still some very strong Pokemon. I think, uh, one pick, since I don't want to, like, you know, steal any picks from you guys, I've got, like, a lot, but, um, I'll start off with Porygon Z. Porygon Z is a very threatening, deadly Pokemon, uh, that I don't think actually saw any use in the Players' Cup Finals. That's very surprising to me. Um, but... It's a Pokemon that I think is really going to capitalize on the absence of Dragapult and the absence of Tyranitar. You know, uh, a lot of the strong normal uh, resists or immunities were just taken out. Um, a lot of the support-oriented Pokemon that use Follow Me were taken out in both Ndidi and Togekiss. Uh, so I think that Porygon Z is going to be a menace in this new format. Oh, um, I was just going to say, I I did find who did have it, and I, I know I'm going to butcher this name. Um... It was, a uh, uh, oh, jeez. Was it, a uh, Chow Romanini? Yeah, Chow, okay, yeah. Chow Romanini. I, I believe it's pronounced Did. Chow. I, uh, okay. could be wrong on that, but that's, uh, that's what we're gonna go ahead and say here. Uh, again, if, uh, anybody's listening to this and we pronounce it wrong, apologies. Um. Yes, apologies. But, yeah, uh, I believe that was the, the player that had the Ferrothorn. Yes, he did. And it was actually, um, Akaberry Ferrothorn as well. Yeah, yeah. Even more and surprising, like, that's so... Just, that's really fun for just making Fair or not Ferrothorn Incineroar's life even more miserable. It's just funny that we're at the point in the metagame where Ferrothorn can reasonably hold its own against uh, a good number of fire types. Not Colossal though. Uh, Colossal does not care. Unfortunately, unfortunately, not for Ferrothorn. But um, actually, kind of a good a segue because I feel Ferrothorn is going to be a lot stronger now in Series Six. I mean, just so many big fire types. You know, Torkoal, Incineroar, and Cinderace are just leaving the field now, as well as some Pokemon that could have that fire tech move like uh, Togekiss and Dragapult. Um, and not only that, but seeing as how, you know, two of the biggest uh, weather setters and Tyranitar and Torquor um, leaving the field, that really opens it up for Politoed now. So it just seems much easier to protect uh, Ferrothorn from fire type attacks. And I mean, there's already not as many fire, ty- fire types are, you know, in the format right now. Um, like what, we really just have Arcanine now? And we're gonna have to go back to Arcanine now. So <laughs> it really feels like they just said, like, go back to series two, uh, three, or whatever. <laughs> like they they gave us Incineroar, and they said you've had fun with your toy, but you've had now go back to using the other one. There's <laughs> yeah. no there's yeah. no decision anymore. Is it Arcanine? Is it Incin? It's it's Arcanine. You, we've it's made Arcanine. the choice for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like Ferrothorn could be just a super strong pick because of the fact that Torquil, mostly because of the fact that Torquil and uh, Incineroar are gone, and those were two of the biggest things that really stopped it. Uh, before. Yeah, I uh, also just want to point out, like, we're losing Venusaur, Rillaboom, Cinderace, and Incineroar. All Pokemon who are starters. You know, starter Pokemon, which we all knew were good in this format specifically, but it's just crazy that we're losing them because of how high their usage was. So, uh, just wanted to point that out, and uh, for to answer your question, Alex, you know, for me, it's uh, actually, 
you know, some other dragons that we get a chance to sign with Dragapult being uh, missing. You know, it really stood in a speech here of its own. So I'm looking at you, Hydreigon, because Togekiss is also gone. I think, uh, you know, it's uh, Max moves really synergize really well with uh, the Darkened Dragon there. Well, the Dark one at least, but Hydreigon will get uh, more opportunities to play in Series 6. I think it'll be a really strong Pokemon. In addition to um, more variants in some of the Trick Room setters, because we are losing, you know, two of the most threatening ones, uh, threatening ones that damage them in Tyranitar and Dragapult with the Dark and Ghost moves. So, um, those Klops is going to look a lot stronger now, and... Um, I think we'll just see more variants in Trick Room setters like uh, Jellicent and just uh, other ones because so there's some of their most threatening, uh, some of the biggest threats to them are gone. So, um, you know, I think that's something we may see moving forward. And obviously we can uh, spend, we're going to spend more time talking about Series 6 because there's just so much to talk about with this uh, big format update here. Yeah, I uh, that is funny that you mentioned that because like Porygon two was our alternate. Like if you didn't want to have a Pokemon that was weak to Dark Ghost um, to set your Trick Room, uh, you had Porygon two as this bulky Pokemon. But now we are really gonna have to go back to a lot of those Psychic Ghost type Pokemon. Uh, they even took away Mimikyu, who uh, had that disguise, and disguise might have been all right uh, right now with a lot of the things that are disappearing. But Mimikyu has been banished, so. Uh, yeah, this is going to be really fun to see what Pokemon are allowed to come up and shine now, what Pokemon are just going to kind of take over. Uh, I, I think this is going to be really cool to see once it starts uh, developing. Um, I'm really hoping that we get some kind of uh, tournament, big tournament to uh, play this in. Because uh, me personally, um, I am, I don't know, I, I need something to build for. I am not going to just uh, get into it until I've got something to work towards. And I'm hoping that we get a Players Cup 2, a Champions Cup 2, something, um, I'm hoping, uh, for Series 6. Yeah, I mean, I, I almost feel like something, you know, coming soon is almost sort of, uh, inevitable, even if it's just something small. Um, I would probably, I mean, I guess worst case scenario, um, it would just be like another IC, which, I mean, I don't know about you guys, I'm not super fond of, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. at least in their current states, but, um, I mean, you would think, I mean, what, the... What is it? The Crown Tundra is going to be releasing in... Did they give us a, a date, actually? It's uh, it's sometime soon in the fall. Okay. But, um, I mean, like, we're going to have some sort of gap period, you know, with Series 6, and, and presumably, you know, Crown Tundra would start Series 7, so you would think that they would have something to kind of hold us over, you know, until we get to the Crown Tundra, and even if it is just an IC, I mean, it's still a reason to play Pokemon. Yep. Yeah, and I think the grassroots tournaments uh, will uh, be blowing up if uh, that is going to be our only uh, outlet, like that uh, Champions Cup or, uh, you know, anything, the uh, Trainer Tower, Rose Tower, um, Victory Road, those guys, um, Mount Silver. Uh, anything that those guys host, um, I'm sure those tournaments will start blowing up because a lot of people are uh, thirsty to play some Series 6. I like uh, It's been very fun. It's almost like, uh, again, just like another new format. Uh, I think it's great for the casuals. Uh, we'll have to talk about, um, about I guess, in in the future, Stephen, we'll have to cover uh, just, like, overall opinions on Series 6, because there's of course, a lot yes. of... Uh, there's a lot of people that are not a fan of this. Uh, I'm, I'm still deciding. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, like, in the in the showdown room, uh, like, they've been getting, like, 70-man tournaments, 50-man tournaments. Oh, uh, wow. And there's obviously a lot of interest behind playing this new format. Uh, it's really just, like... Uh, 2019 all over again when we get got those new formats like they it, it really just keeps people's interest uh like uh i guess keeping it high 
Yeah, definitely at a much, that change uh, is happening at a much quicker pace, these updates. So, um, you know, one of those controversies is we hardly get to see a metagame develop anymore. So we'll get into that in the future, of course. But, um, you know, this was, what an announcement this was. Like, I, uh, I'm mostly a fan of uh, what's been happening with all the format updates over time, and uh, I like this one a lot too, so I'm looking forward to playing some of Series 6 in the uh, coming weeks and months here, so I'm uh, really excited. You know, it's nice, it's actually really cool to get a sort of ban list like this for an official format here, and uh, we've seen something like this in the past, but uh, these weren't official formats. These were back in uh, Gen 6. They were in, like, Alex, you've even mentioned this a few episodes ago when we were kind of speculating what Series 6 might be. And you brought up, you know, it'd be fun to have formats where they did, like, a VGC UU, almost, where they banned the top 20 or so Pokemon. And uh, in the past, we saw this in Gen 6. I uh, actually did some research to look into this and what uh, actually happened with these. So, um, really quickly here, from uh, in X and Y, this was, again, when in Gen 6, when you used the PSS, we had, like, single battles, double battles, triple battles, I think rotation battles? And, uh, and then the special battles, so the special rule set. And for one of the seasons, season six in, uh, from September 2014 to November 2014 on X and Y, they had banned, uh, all Pokemon in the top 12 of their rankings, uh, on Battle Spot from seasons one to four in the first half of five that, uh, time. So there are 19 total Pokemon banned, plus mythical and restricted legendaries, of course. And, uh, we saw this again in, uh, Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire in season 11 from, uh, mid July to mid September. Banning, again, all the Pokemon in the top 12 from their seasons 7 to 10. And that ended up being 20 total with uh, Mythicals and Restricted Legendaries banned as well. So, um, it was kind of fun, like, looking through some of those old lists here. And I don't know if you want to just go through some of those Pokemon really quick. But, um, it's kind of neat we're getting this as an official format. <laughs> so, Steven, was top it, was it chosen to be top 12 because that was what was displayed on that front page of uh, the Global Link? I guess so. I believe that I don't, sounds right. I don't know what the decision was back then, but um, it's it's funny. Like, it's twelve then. It probably actually probably was twelve, um, on the display, right? Because then if you scroll to the next yeah. option, it was twelve again. Oh, that's probably it. That's probably it, dude. Yeah, I miss the I miss the global link. I know we have uh, Pokemon Home to kind of replace that, but global link was a little fun feature, um, for checking what people are actually using in game and stuff. I, We've pre we pretty much have that in home now, but I just I I don't know I'm just being a little nostalgic here. Um, yeah, we saw some uh, some fun bands. I, I we could go through them, Stephen, but honestly, I think with most of uh, the babies that listen to our show, um, <laughs> they uh, they will just not even know what we're talking about when we say like uh, Kangaskhan was banned. I'm sure some people, most people know about Mega Kangaskhan, but uh, yeah, I I'm not trying to uh, make fun of people. I'm just making a joke, but. Yeah, I don't know how much it would mean just because of all of the, uh, how long it's been since these formats. So, like, you, you know, you could sell, tell me that Talonflame is, uh, banned and some of these people might not even know about the Gale Wings nerf. So, um, yeah, like, it, it's, uh, it's cool to see that they are bringing back this concept, though. I, uh, I'm really excited, uh, to see if this is something they decide to bring back, uh, again, uh, I'm really hoping that we do something officially with it, because then uh, we could really uh, recognize it as a uh, official format. I'm hoping that we just don't have like a a dead couple of months until Crown Tundra comes. Um, but that would kind of make sense, I guess. That's like no, no, I, I don't even know. I, I'm really hoping that we have something. I'm hoping we have something. So just to get this straight, uh, for the X and Y stuff, you said it was top twelve. 
It was uh, top 12 over the course of, like, several uh, seasons, so... okay. um, It would almost be like if they had said that they had banned the top uh, 10. I'll just use 10 because that's what they Mm -hmm. used for this. But uh, the top 10 across all of the series so far. Pretty much, yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. So, like, you would see uh, a much larger list accumulate. Uh, Of course, it didn't take into effect... uh, It didn't take in singles at all. It is a little weird that we're taking in singles. That's another thing we'll have to cover at some point. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was like, over the course of the whole year, really. Um, season 7 through 10, I think that was, like, just a later stretch of the same seasons. Like, I think, the, did the seasons for Battlespot transfer over between games, Steven? I think they did. Yeah, I think they did. And there's almost the same amount, approximate amount of time, too. It's, like, two months, like our series are. Oh, interesting, yeah. I'm sorry, this is just, like, so fascinating to me. Like, I thought this was kind of, like, a, a new thing for for the game right now, and but really, it seems like it's c- pretty much been done before. Thankfully, this is all, uh, like, I guess, archived might be the word for it, on uh, Cerebee. That's where Steven ended up pulling his uh, information from. So if you guys want to check it out, go and look up the special battle rules for X and Y and Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. Uh, season 6 for X and Y, Season 11 for Alpha Sapphire. If you guys were uh, around for those formats or not, and you're just curious what uh, what happened then, uh, yeah, they just listed, there's a, a list of Pokemon that were banned, and it was, of course, over a long period of time, so even, like, metagame trends that came and died uh, were banned, and then, like, it, it was not just, like, the latest thing, so... Uh, to think that, like, we might have seen, like, a Rotom Wash ban, because Rotom Wash was really popular early in the in this 2020 format. Um, there's like some other Pokemon that would probably fit the criteria. Arcanine probably would have gotten axed considering uh, it was so used before Incineroar came around. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of Pokemon. We probably would have seen Excadrill gone for sure just from doubles alone uh, with all of the usage it saw pre-DLC. So uh, yeah, it's interesting that they did it a slightly different style this time around. Uh, still, of course, the same concept. Um to think we could have lost even more Pokemon, though. Both of these uh, old bands lost uh, 19 and 20 Pokemon total, uh, whereas uh, we had lost 16. It's close, but uh, some of those had come from singles, and uh, it's a little—it's just a little different how they did it this time. I think they combined the list because they just couldn't figure out how to split them. That's my opinion. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking, Oh, yeah, too. like coding in the game yep. and stuff? Yeah. I guess that would yeah. make sense. I, I did think that, but I wanted to be a little bit <laughs> optimistic. Like, yeah, leave I'm going to be blunt here. And, you know, uh, considering they just did this one time here for the uh, official series and stuff, uh, would have been for VGC had we had, we had events. And um, I can, I'm confidently saying, like, this is not the last time it's going to happen. This will happen again. Yeah. That's uh, something to look forward to. Uh, even if we uh, don't get anything in these coming months is that... Uh, We've been seeing some whack stuff over the past couple of uh, months in terms of, like, rotating formats in and out, in and out. Uh, man, we really needed to just, like, take a moment to appreciate that and, like, dedicate a whole, almost a whole episode to talking about that stuff, Steven, since, yeah, there's, like, uh, there's a lot of opinions out there, and uh, I think they uh, deserve to be brought to light, so. Um, but, yeah, I think we we would be going on for way too long here. We've uh, kept Santino prisoner here for <laughs> much too long already. Uh, he is a quite the uh, popular guy right now, I'm sure. So probably should start uh, wrapping this up yep. here, Steven. Let's, uh, let's, let's let the man go. Santino, you're a trooper. <laughs> um, once again, congratulations on being the Pokemon players cup 2020 champion. 
Um, amazing, incredible, dominant run, staying in the winner's bracket the entire time. Uh, congrats. Yeah, thank you guys so much. I mean, I mean, yeah, thank you guys for having me on again. This has been a, a really awesome experience and you know, being able to talk about my run and just a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, I even learned a lot about uh, this game's history too with these uh, game of the rotating formats of X and Y. Like, it's just, I don't know, it's just super, super interesting to me. But yeah, um, I'm I'm really looking forward to Series Six and what this game is going to bring in the future. And yeah, hopefully we get some events soon, maybe a Players Cup too or something similar to that. That's what we're about here is uh, something new and uh, definitely still keeping it old as Stephen and I are ancient. <laughs> uh, and once again, uh, congrats. Uh, I, I did say it earlier, but congrats again, Santino. That is uh, that's really awesome. Very uh, very excited for you. So. Uh, I don't do the outro. Steven, you do the outro. Yeah, yeah I got it. Uh, Santino, <laughs> thanks again for coming on the show. We really, we really appreciate your time uh, being here with us. Yes, it means thank a you. lot. And um, let's wrap up the show here. And of course, we always have more of the Series 6 metagame to talk about, more Pokemon to talk about in the future, which we'll uh, get to on our next episode. So, um, everyone, you can leave your comments, questions, and feedback to our email, vgchypervoice at gmail.com. Um, you can tell your friends about us if they're inter- interested in a show about competitive Pokemon to find us here at the Hypervoice. Um, they can also leave us a, a review on uh, some of the podcast platforms uh, so where you can find us, such as Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Those, those are some of the highlight ones. We're in a bunch of other places. Um, wherever you can find your shows, you can probably find us. And uh, you can find the show on Facebook and on Twitter at the hypervoice um lastly you can find all three of us personally on twitter as well you can follow me at super morioka and alex where can people follow you you can follow me at lexicon vgc in santino where can people follow you you can follow me at at super santi awesome that's our uh, pokemon players cup 2020 champion and that's our show everybody Thank you, the listener, so much for listening, and stay tuned for more of the Hyper Voice. Alola. <laughs>